Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cast Dice, the podcast that explores the great big wild world of tabletop gaming that exists today. It's been said once or twice, mainly on this podcast, that we are in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are just too many good games we can spend our hobby time and our hobby dollars on. And that can lead to a serious case of not knowing what to play next. And I guess that's the purpose of this podcast. It's to talk about the games my guests and I enjoy playing, to talk about big industry events, and to talk to the people who create these games. Now, we have had a few questions about the upcoming Operation Bear event. Operation Bear is a long-time, large, Melbourne-based bolt-action event that frequent uh, contributor to the show and longtime friend of the cast and my neighbor in real life, uh, Lee Avery and I will be running. And we thought that we would come on and talk through the player pack so that there was clarity about um, you know what our expectations are, what will be available at this event, and all the other goody bits and pieces that uh, you might expect from reading a player pack. And not everyone does. Joining me, of course, if we're going to be talking about this, is, as I said, one of the best analytical players slash one of the best guys I've ever played a game with anyway. Always fun, always a good time, and never an easy game, dear Lord, is one of my favorite and regular players of any game system and pretty much every game system. Our man, the myth, the legend, my co-TO at Operation Bear, Lee Avery. Welcome back to Cast Dice. How you doing? Thanks for having me, Brad, in this uh, new visual format for the first time. You can now see the magnificence of Lee's beard. It's wonderful. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, I had it severely trimmed last week. It was, uh, probably took a little bit too much off, but such is life. Had to be professional, right? That's, uh, that's yeah. Okay. yeah, it's okay. Got to pay for my minis somehow. That's right, right? Uh, well, Operation Bear is coming up, but in between now and then, of course, is Jump to Action, which is coming up this weekend, not to date this recording at all. But a lot of people have asked, why haven't we put the Bear pack out earlier? Well, I ran uh, the Bolt Action World Series, a very small uh, Bolt Action event not too long ago, and then Jump to Action is coming up this week, and then we are running Operation Bear in a few weeks, or sorry, in a few months, so <clears throat> keeping track of which mission went to which event and which registration went to which event was getting to be a hassle. So I have now waited till pretty much right before Jump to Action uh, before we open the doors for Bear. And the doors have well and truly opened. But Lee, shall we talk Operation Bear? Yeah, I think it's a good, good opportunity and a good time to sort of talk about it. I think most of the lists for Jump to Action are in now, so people can start thinking start. about the next event or at least test their lists this weekend, I think, and then do some mm -hmm. tweaks. Uh, we've only had a couple of list submissions so far for Bear, a couple of people mm -hmm. being keen and eager. And I think it's mostly people that are wanting to paint new units or understand, you know, what they need to do to fit their army. Um as always, we've changed around the points a bit um, just to force some variety mm -hmm. or give people something different to think about. And so if you're playing, for example, this weekend, it's 911 points and Bear were jumping it up to 1,054, mm -hmm. I think it was. So, That's you right. know, we've got a bit of a 
49 point difference so for some people you know that's just another unit for other people they might be chucking in an armored car or they might be trying a few other um, man-packed weapons things like that so it gives a bit of variety or they might just scrap the whole damn thing and start over again which yeah is, they may uh, just create a completely different army exactly which is probably what i would do but yeah what is operation barely uh what's well, bolt action uh, we're running a five-game event, so three games over the day one, two games on day two, mostly mm -hmm. to allow people to be able to get home at a reasonable hour on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, we're holding it out at House of War in Ringwood. Um, they host quite a few Bolt Action events over the last few years. Um, yeah. Different TOs have, have run different events out there, uh, sorts included. Um, they also, their claim is to be the biggest hobby store in the Southern Hemisphere. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it would be hard to dispute that. Uh, exactly. It is a very large venue. They do carry a large range of games. And they're also very focused on the hobby side of things. They've got a huge amount of paint ranges, uh, a lot of sculpting, 3D printing supplies as well, a uh, huge range of uh, flock. They carry gamers, grass, pre-made bases. Mm -hmm. They've got the geeks, game scenic stuff. Um, so anything that you need to do for your hobby side, they've, they've certainly got a, a good range in stock. Every time I go out there, I end up coming home with a little bag of stuff that, uh, you know, may not necessarily have needed, but, you know, get used at some stage. Um, exactly. So, yeah, right. and they've got, yeah, huge range of paints. I mean, they carry, you know, the, the Games Workshop, they've got the Vallejo Rangers, they carry um, Scale 75, they've got the uh, Property Press paints, they also carry uh, the Golden paints. So for those from a more artist side of things, um, they'll understand those, or those that are more into diorama making. Golden does a lot of mm -hmm. texture products and, and paints on that side, and the matte mediums um, from Liquitex. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff they, it they sells have. So much stuff. I know it's a bit crazy. It's a bit the store can be a bit chaotic, uh, but yeah, they, they've been working on their layout and, and stuff over the last, I suppose, year or two, trying to get it a bit more structured, organized. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you can certainly just walk around up and down the aisles and potter around and find little things you like the look of. So it's uh, it's it's bad for the wallet, <laughs> but it's good. But the, the, on the other side is, if you're looking for something, there's a good chance they've got it there. So exactly like the stock side of things in that aspect. Um, so yeah, we're we're going to hold it there. So mid November, twelfth uh, and thirteenth, uh, mm -hmm. dates we're booked in for. Uh, so that's, I think, the base of it. So obviously Bolt Action, um, which we've been running events for for a number of years now. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is the fourth bear. I'm going to go off the top of my head. It's the third one. There we go. Brad ran the first one. I ran the second. So we're joint mm -hmm. running the third. That's so right. Maybe nobody will run the fourth one. And it'll just happen magically. We'll both get to play. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. We can sucker somebody exactly. else into the job. We'll see how we go. Now... The last time Bear ran, which was the one you ran, um, I mean, Bear has traditionally been the largest Melbourne event, but due to COVID lockdowns, it hasn't run in two years. So it will be interesting to see what it does now. Um, also, Bear has traditionally been a one-day event. This is a two-day event. Um, now, if you can only make one day, we'll talk about that a little later. But yes, of course you can play please contact us uh, and there will be contact information in these slides. Uh, just contact us and talk to us about it. We have absolutely built in that you too can join us if you can only play one day. So lots of fun to be had in the bolt action world.
let's talk about the tone. Now, with Jump to Action being this week, Jump to Action was designed to be sort of the bear warm-up because Bear was originally supposed to run in September this year. Um, because of venue issues, um, we needed something bigger and we needed uh, plenty of space. And so we went with House of War, but we went with the dates that were available. Um, so, we'll, of course, we're running it in November. Uh, now, Jump to Action is a beginner-friendly event. And so we had a high standard of list expectations for that event that things weren't aggressive. They weren't uh, the sharp pointy end of the stick is what I've heard some people describe it as. The things are more relaxed and casual. This isn't that. However, this is still an event for everyone. We're using the term universally accessible, which means we'd like this event to fit most players. And while we're encouraging new players and casual players to come, and we want you to, we understand that there are a few competitive players in the local scene. We, they, they are, they've always been with us, um, and we'd like to include them as well. But for this event, we'd like everyone to consider that it's for everyone. So we would ask that when people are building their army list, and we'll talk about that more in a sec, that you consider the fun of everyone. What if you played a new player? What if you played a casual player? Um, and I've heard a lot of new players recently say, I'm a new player, so I need to take an extra hard list um, so I can be competitive. No, that's not how this works. We, we have list expectations that we'd like to think are fair for everyone. So um, please talk to us again if you have any questions. That will be repeatedly throughout the slides. But again, please consider everyone's fun. Um, would this be fun for someone else to play against, um, even if they don't have the same philosophy that you have. Uh, Lee, am I explaining that right? Because though I'm yeah. on the comp panel for this, you are the primary comp tournament organizer. Yeah, I, I think listing is hard. And I think for a lot of people, particularly starting out, I mean, when I started out, I just went, oh yeah, like um, British paratroopers, I want to do little red berets, camo scheme, because hey, let's make painting more difficult than it needs to be. And yep. I just sort of went, you know, what's a core? And I, I built a basic army and I used the starter army box and, and we've started a few bits and then sort of just built on from there. And then over a few games, I started tweaking my list and adjusting my um, unit sizes and what I equipped them with and just sort of played around. And then um, you just sort of build from there. And I think if you're a new player coming in and you're going into go play an event and, you know, I mean, we call it a tournament. I like to call them events because... Um, you know, we're not sort of, it's, it's a multi-day one, but it's, it's not, uh, hardcore armies like right. you'd see in, um, other places. And I think that's part of it is these days we're very globally connected. Um, so mm -hmm. you can jump onto Facebook and go into the various bolt action groups and you'll see different, um, views on people on how they build and construct armies. Um, I think we've got to recognize and, and both yourself and, uh, me have both come and a lot of our, our fellow players have come from that gw 40k background uh, you know where it's all about making hard lists finding the good combos uh, and building that out and then, and then playing your list and so that was i think the background some people have come from i think historical gaming you've sort of got to put that in the back seat a, a little bit um, you should be looking more around the theme of your army what's it based on is it historical um, not mixing units not picking cherry picking stuff across a book or a theater lists 
Um, but when talking about theatre lists, though, they are designed to be specific era stuff. So most theatre lists are quite balanced. There are a few out there that are a little bit, um, can be abused. And I think we're, we're aware of those. So when they do come through, we do give them a bit of a, a double check. Um, but again, at the same time, you can, most theatre lists can be built out of a generic list anyway. Um, it's usually your access right. to getting doubles of something. So I use the Rotanzio one for my um, Americans. So I get double bazookas, mm -hmm. but I'm very restricted in what I can take from a uh, vehicle perspective and stuff. It doesn't really affect because, hey, I can still take a basic Sherman. You know, what else really for the points do you need to do? Um, so it's part of it is looking at also what other people are submitting. So what's the overall listing looking like? Um, exactly. We're trying to keep a balance there. So rein in the, the crazy stuff. If we see somebody put in a really soft list that we sit there and go, you're just going to get minced, um, yeah. you know, and, and it could be a case of giving some feedback on those for those people as well. And look, some of them could be restricted by the models they've got available. You know, I mean, that's another consideration um, we need to think about. But overall, we've had, I've had a few list submissions in so far. Um, uh, rejected a couple of them because uh, they're just a bit too overpowered. I think mm -hmm. people have taken lists that are uh, used um, in some of the highly competitive events over in uh, the UK and US um, to submit those. It's like, well, hang on, it's uh, not the same environment here in Australia um, no. as what we see over in uh, the UK in particular. Certainly yeah, talking exactly. to some of the players there. So I want to try and maintain a level of standards here <laughs> around listing exactly and it should be noted because i know there have been some questions about how does this sort of stack in the competitive spectrum um, if you look at jump to action being at the more casual beginner friendly end and you look at maybe moab um, and cancon this year at the more competitive end for australia um this is somewhere in between, uh, probably halfway or maybe a little bit bumping a little bit, maybe towards CanCon or Moab, yeah. but not tons. Um, this, if it was a scale of one to 10, I'd say we're aiming for about a seven. Yeah, exactly. If you were putting jump to action at one and like a Moab CanCon at 10. Uh, but if you were then including like the juggernaut lists that were taken to WDC, uh, WTC, of which we've already had one of those lists submitted to jump to action and we resubbed, literally a cut and paste out of that, I believe, um, that would probably be on that scale, maybe an 18. Um, so <laughs> I, think, I think if I we look at that, makes sense. Yeah, if you look at those hyper competitive ones, I'd say they're probably the 10s. I think Moab's aiming for a nine, CanCon's aiming for an eight. Yeah. And I'd say Jump's probably a three. So I would like to read this paragraph from the player pack. We would like mm -hmm. to encourage people to experiment and play with lists that are fun to play with and to play against. This is not a win at all cost event. And we reserve the right to ask players to resubmit. Uh, if you're unsure, please ask. I'm going to say that a lot today. If you're unsure, please ask. We're happy to have a conversation with you. Um, more to the point, we want to see fun, weird, wacky lists. We want to see your auto Sahariana. We want to see 
um, a warlord Chinese army. We want to see, you know, something a little left of center. We want to see a Greek army, which is something we may be talking about on a podcast soon. Uh, you know, take something, run with the theme, have some fun with it. Um, knowing that there's a little leeway here and not everyone's going to be playing for sheep stations, if that makes sense. This is going to be fun. So keep that in mind. Uh, any final thoughts on that, Lee, or should we bump on? All right. Armies for this event should follow these rules. All armies in this event should be no larger than 1,054 points. They must be made up from generic reinforced platoons or theater selectors. Armor platoons are not allowed for this event. Now, there are quite a few selectors out there that allow you to take multiple vehicles and are not armored platoons. We understand there's a spectrum there. So please, again, if you're unsure or if you have any questions uh, before you start going to buy units or paint them or spend a lot of hobby time on something, please contact us. We're, we're happy to help you. Um, can you take a CeeLo Heights list with two tanks? Definitely. Um, however, again, if you are taking something that will significantly skew out and make it hard for people to play against you, that is, again, where we'll need to have a conversation. We want people to have fun. We want people to experiment. Uh, so, again, please ask. We're happy to help. Um, again, no armor platoons, no tank war list for this event. Uh, there is a maximum of one flamethrower per army. And after the most recent FAQ, this becomes particularly poignant, a maximum of one free unit per army. So if you are running an Indian British army, I know I own one, uh, please, uh, only one of the two free squads. And you can say which one, if you want the 10 free regular dudes or you want the 10 or the, the free arty observer, that's fine. Just let us know which one. You cannot take both. Um, likewise, there are other armies that allow you to buy three, get one unit free, and a free cannon, um, again, pick one. We would ask, I know that you buy three, get one free is a it's kind of a deal and not a free unit, but for this event, it is. So one free unit per army. Uh, if you have any questions, please ask. And please submit your list by November 4th. Uh, I'm playing the hunt the army list game for jump to action at the moment for my missing armies. We will not be submitting the missions for this. And for some of you, that really matters um, until we get everyone's army list. Um, that way, people can't skew their list to, to match the missions. We do like to put our missions out early. Um, ironically, for jump to action, it seems to be some of the people who care most about missions are the ones who aren't turning in their lists. So we are going to be super strict on that for Operation Bear to ensure it's, faith, it's fair for everyone. Um, Lee, any questions or things you'd like to add? No, I think um, that pretty much covers it. I, I think the, the list submitted so far, I've uh, seen a couple of interesting lists which have been good. People trying nice. different um, theater lists. And theater lists is really where the flavors come through, right? I mean, it's as I said, you can build them in a generic platoon but um they just add that little extra twist really um mm -hmm. so yeah looking forward to see what other people submit in the next couple of months really brilliant 
Six weeks. Let's talk about these awards, Lee. You want to run us through what people can earn at this event? Yeah, so we're going to have uh, six trophies, uh, which I believe we have already. They've all arrived. Um, so we're doing uh, mm-hmm. our normal thing of best access player, uh, best allied player, and then best minor power. Uh, we've got best sportsman, so that'll be a player vote. Uh, we've got best painted as well, which will also be a player vote on the day. Uh, that will be voted on the probably the Saturday, given that sometimes people can't make two days. So we'll just see where exactly. our numbers fall at the time. Uh, and then best themed army, which will be determined by us. So generally, uh, some people like to write a little blurb about their army or a bit of historical uh, information. I've certainly done that in the past for uh, some of mm-hmm. my themes. Um, but I, generally, I look for a theme with a combination of the actual list. So how have you portrayed the theme of your army? Um, and then the second part is how have you modeled the theme? So really looking at what have you done to actually really make it look like a, a force that fits in, um, you know, if you're doing, uh, you know, a themed army around a particular action in Bastogne, but you guys are painted up in the desert, well, then I'm going to sit there and go, well, you haven't really themed it yeah. that great. You might have a great list or concept, but it's about the execution. So best theme can be looking at a whole range of things. May not be that, you know, not necessarily best painted army, but overall looking at several components. So I don't want uh, or I don't need War and Peace army descriptors submitted. You know, please keep it an A4 or less. I have enough uh, to read, exactly. Yeah, uh, it really it's just around imparting why you've chosen that particular force or what historical relevance and, and things like that. I know in the past talking to people at different events that have submitted um, or done particularly themed armies, it's usually had a, a personal relevance. Uh, mm-hmm. I know a couple of people um, that have themed stuff around the 8th Army because they've had family members that were at Tobruk and things like that. Uh, you've got people, obviously, um, Australia's very multicultural. We've got a lot of people that have descended from Europe and parents have immigrated, that sort of thing. So a lot of people like to theme around some of that sort of stuff as well. Um, so, you know, it's it can be a, a personal thing around representing something that's relevant to you. Uh, and then it's how you're executing really on the table and through your listing. So Now, I did have someone ask at Easterfront, which is, of course, the other event we run earlier in the year, because we also did a best theme there. Um, people asked, do I need to have a scenic board to match my army to win a best themed army? Absolutely not. In fact, no. I don't think that a scenic display board really factors in for best painted either. Um, Now that's debatable, I'm sure. But for best theme, we would just like to see a consistent theme that Lee said, as Lee said, flows across the army, both um, composition wise, what you've put in it and what it looks like and how you've built it. So, yeah. Not against scenic bases. Again, it can add to your theme um, and your overall look. And particularly, you know, Given we're going to have multiple tables set up with different terrain, you know, if your if your army's based on a desert, there'll be some desert tables there, so you can just put True. them out and have it match in reasonably well if you want to do that. And um, we'll try and get some good photos of the um, armies as well uh, throughout the day. So I'll bring along the, the fancy camera this time with the macro mm-hmm. lens, get some sweet sweet shots. Uh, so yeah, I look and theme for me. I think once you've um, been playing 
games as long as uh, Brad and myself have feet. Uh, you, you move away, I think, from that highly competitive micro listing thing. And I've played competitive 40K for many years and um, sort of moved over to, to different games to try different stuff and, and do different painting styles. And for me, it's more around setting up a, a an engaging game with friends and that sort of stuff. So like people to come along to the event, have a good time, have five great games and, you know, win or lose. And, and it's a dice game, you know, the dice can go against mm-hmm. you. Bolt action will happen. Um, it doesn't matter. You know, some days you you can shoot everything in your army at a single unit and cause one casualty. And other times you can fire one unit and obliterate another with a single dice roll. So it's it's very swings and roundabouts and you need to be able to, to live with that. And I think that folds into best sportsman. Um, it does. You know, you've got to take the good with the bad, and it's mm-hmm. bolt action's not as bad as Blood Bowl, for example, when it comes to the swings and roundabouts of dice rolling. Uh, but how you convey yourself at the table and, and after that as well, um, plays big exactly. Part of it, you know, you want people to have a good time. Well said. It's not just how you win or how you lose, it's also, you know, how you, how you carry yourself throughout the event. Um, Uh, Look, you've said it best. I'm just going to jump to the next slide. Missions. Operation Bear, as we said before, is a five-game event. Each round will go for two and a half hours. Um, In round one, players will be chosen at random, uh, but judges, sorry, grudges are possible at player request. This is not a red versus blue event. I've had a lot of people asking me for jump to action. Do you want me to play Axis? Do you want me to play Allies? This isn't that event. This is what this is a Swiss style traditional tournament in format. Axis and allies and who you play uh, do not matter. Uh, you might end up playing all allied against all allied players uh, over the course of the event and be an allied army yourself. It is about um, your record and how you've been going uh, in the missions that we are playing. As I said, there's five missions over the two days. Uh, three of these will be objective based missions. Two of these will be based on the format from meeting engagement where you're trying to kill more order dice than you lose. One of those two kill point missions will be um, will involve some sort of objective as well, but it will be predominantly a uh, kill point mission, if that makes sense. Some of the missions will be from the Bolt Action Alliance 2020 mission pack. Uh, a mission will be straight out of the bolt action rulebook, and we will be introducing two new missions that have never been previously seen uh, from the upcoming bolt action alliance 2022/2023 mission pack. Whenever it eventually comes out, um, that have never been seen before, we'll be playtesting uh, play two of those, just like we did at Easter Front, where we ran supply drop. And I believe the other one is Frontal Assault. I'm trying to think of the name. Anyway, uh, we will have a new mission, obviously, this weekend for Jump to Action. Um, We ran one uh, previously at the Bolt Action World Series. So if you add that up, that means two Easter Front, one Bolt Action World Series, one at Jump to Action, and two at um, Operation Bear will be the six missions that you would traditionally see in a Bolt Action Alliance mission pack, 
plus there will be the additional fun missions that I did promise at the beginning of the year that will be coming. So if you want to see these two missions prior to the event, just make sure you turn in your army list by November 4th, ladies and gentlemen, and we will be posting them so you can get out there and play them or at least familiarize yourselves with them. In the meantime, if you are thinking, gee, I wonder what some of these bolt action 2020 mission pack uh, missions are. If you go to the cast dice Facebook page or the bolt action Alliance Facebook page and you type in bolt action Alliance 2020, you're probably going to see that mission pack. And we will be running two missions from that pack out of those six. Um, if you are wondering where we'll be posting these missions, they will be on the Cast Dice Facebook page. They will also be in the Facebook event for Operation Bear. I will post them in both places and possibly on the Bolt Action Australia New Zealand page, um, depending on how we're going. Uh, again, I'll be doing that once lists have been turned in. Uh, Lee, anything you want to add to the missions? No, I think I uh, covered it all off. Just be wary that if you're turning in an army list that has a lot of order dice, two of the missions are going to be heavily kill point based. So you will be putting yourself at a disadvantage if you are running huge order dice lists. Uh, and we would like games to finish on time. And let's actually talk about another way that we're rewarding people to play on time. At the end of each round, players will be awarded points depending on how they went in the game. We've often been asked this, and we don't usually put it in the player pack, but we're doing it now because we've had so many people asking. Players who win will earn 15 tournament points per round. Uh, players who draw earn 10 tournament points. Players who lose get five tournament points and those add up over the five games and that will give us the overall winner slash podium slash um order of the players uh, at the end of this event however there will be five additional points per round that players can score so that means you can earn up to a maximum of 20 points per round uh, these are the same points that we used at the bolt action world series and we will be using at jump to action um, players earn tournament one tournament point for each of the questions they can answer yes to at the end of their game. Is your lieutenant still alive at the end of the game? If you have more than one, um, all of them must live. Does your army have at least half of its order dice left? Yes or no. If it does, that's a bonus point. Did you destroy more than half of your opponent's order dice? Again, that's a point. Uh, do you have two or more units completely in your opponent's half of the board at, uh, uh, sorry, half of your opponent's table at the end of the game? That doesn't mean their deployment zone. That means they're half of the table. And did your game finish at least five full turns? So again, if you're in turn six, you automatically get that. If you finish turn five, you automatically get that. If you finish your game, obviously, you would get that. Um, if you concede before that, uh, A, try not to, but if it's a miserable gaming experience, please come talk to the TOs, uh, and we will see about making sure you get those points. But we would like to encourage people to consider that bolt action is a game where swings and roundabouts happen, and people who may be winning at the beginning often aren't winning at the end. 
Um, so we do ask the people um, try and finish their games, but we do understand that occasionally those circumstances happen where you can't. Again, please come speak to the TOs if you have any questions. Um, Lee, I may have botched the first one when explaining the lieutenant, and I know that was your one. Um, do you want to mention anything in this or correct me on anything? Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, probably rather most people will run lieutenants, but if you're running a captain or a major or anything, the same applies. Um, effectively, where you have more than one commanding officer, um, you need to keep both alive. So losing one doesn't give you the point. Um, so people who might run double platoons, you'd need to keep both of those commanders alive effectively. Um, I think probably points two and three as well, um, just to clarify. So does your army still have at least half of its order dice? So if you've got 10 order dice, army, for example, you would need to have five left at the end, not six. So that's at least half, not more mm -hmm. than half. Uh, exactly. And then if it's an odd number, you know, if you've got 11, all you need to have six alive. Um, and then for the third one, destroying more than half your opponent. So if, again, same principle, if they've got 10, you need to destroy six. Mm -hmm. And then if they've got 11, you need to destroy six. So That's right, because it's more than half more than, for that one. Yeah. And the other one is, do you have at least half? So please, um, we will explain that again on the day, but um, yeah. we would like people to conserve their armies. Um, but we also don't want these points to be accessible we don't expect you to get all five points in every round um because the whole point is to give us a spread of points for players um who are playing so that it is clear to see who is the best player in each category for example uh so we do know that some people obviously want to do the best they can and try and achieve as many of these points as possible but also keep in mind, the expectation is that you're probably not going to be getting most of these or all of these in every game. Lee, would you agree? Yeah. If someone got 100 points at the end of the event, we'd be, I need to double check their list again. Yeah. Um, because, um, yeah. They it, might it, be an amazing player, but they may have raffle stomped some people along the way. Yeah. We ran a similar point system for uh, Easter Front, which was also mm -hmm. five games. And I think our points at the end, the top couple of people were in the mid-70s. Shall we talk about registration, Lee? How can people pay for this and become a registered player for Melbourne's largest bolt action event? They can send me money via PayPal, and that confirms Ooh. their registration. So I think we've got uh, 19 or 20 confirmed paid people at the moment out of the 30 mm -hmm. um, that we've sort of starting off as our, our player cap. Uh, and then lists, we've got a few more that have submitted in there as well. So we've got... Um, a good start. We're a week, week or so in on regos, um, but obviously we've got space there for a few other people. I know there's a few uh, local community members that usually play in events that haven't signed up yet. Um, I think part of it, mid-November, not quite Christmas, so it was part of our thinking, mm -hmm. um, you know, getting before people have family commitments and work commitments that pick up generally at that time of year. Uh, so hopefully drop some more interest at Jump to Action this weekend and get a few more people to so it may be a case of people to see how they go this weekend before they commit to another event, right? Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll keep promoting and chipping away. And it'd be great to get 30 on the day. Mm -hmm. um, now, I did have a couple of people have asked, because it is at House of War, we put down a 30-player cap because, uh, and I guess the other question is, people have been asking, how much terrain do you need? Because I've been putting together a lot of terrain recently. 
um, even more so than earlier this year for Easter Front. The idea is that we do want properly filled out uh, bolt action tables. We want at least 15. We will have a variety. Some will be more open. Some will be a lot more dense. Uh, and there will be a spectrum of everything in between. But we expect, we have high expectations for the terrain for this event. Um, now, at the moment, we can easily account for 15 tables of terrain. And we will be more than covered on the day. If we sell out at 30, we can speak to House of War. We are not even dipping into their terrain supply, nor are we asking for terrain from other members of the community. If it gets to be the point where we need more tables, I am certain that House of War can work with us to ensure that we can make this event even bigger. Um, however, honestly, from a logistics standpoint, um, just between you and me, Lee, and no one else, don't look at the camera, uh, I, I would honestly prefer if we actually went smaller and stuck around 20 players or even 15, just because it makes life a lot easier. And um, from a TO standpoint, maybe there'll be a Gumby again. Who knows? JP will go home, Brad. What's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I'm going to bring a Sturm Tiger again. Huh? <laughs> uh, Lee, what do people need to bring for this event? Oh, you know, themselves. Always a good thing. Be on time. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, bring your army. Uh, bring some auto dice. If you've got two sets, different colors, bring them along. Sometimes you'll find your opponent's only got one set and it's uh, all one color. Uh, mm -hmm. Make sure you pack enough dice for your army. Don't do a Lee and bring 12 dice. And then you get to the event and you realize your list is 13 auto dice and you go, crap. Mm -hmm. uh, I've done that. Uh, so make sure you do that. Uh, objective markers. We've set three 40 mil objective markers for each person. Um, some missions will use more than three, but between you and your opponent, then that makes you, okay, max five. But that means at least everyone's contributing. Um, obviously, a tape measure, there's nothing worse than flicking tape measures across the table back and forth, particularly with bolt action with your random dice draws um, and activations. You can be, it's just another little thing. It really um, slows things down. In Wall it House does. of War, We'll definitely be selling tape measures. Yeah, there you go. If you do forget, there is tape measures downstairs. There will be 40 mil bases downstairs you can easily go get and stick something on. Uh, well, I'm not sure about their Warlord Auto Dice supply. Might be sketchy on the day, but best to bring your own to begin with. Uh, obviously, will, rule book. We will have some extra bolt action uh, order dice ready to go uh, if you and your opponent both only have one color. Uh, we will have ones that you can borrow for a game. But guys, please try and remember your own dice uh, because we do have a limited number of loaners. And it really is for those opportunities where, or those situations where both players have the same dice or where one player is playing with square dice, for example, and the other person has rounds. Um, so it's fair. Although very few people are using squares these days, we will have a set of squares if you need them. Just you, Brad. <laughs> Pete West it does too. It's <laughs> not just me. Anyway. Uh, obviously, your rule book and Army's old book if you're using theater lists or anything of that ilk. Uh, pin markers, obviously, to mark your units. Um, I know some people like to use different colored dice. Uh, that's fine. Just being aware that, you know, dice can be knocked by other dice or by errant hands. Mm -hmm. So it's important to just keep the board state um, clear, clean. Uh, a pen and pencil. Um, we'll probably have pens on the day. Usually, just been filling in your um, 
mm -hmm. the score sheets. But if you're doing something like outflanking, you've got to actually note down which units are outflanking from which side um, before the game starts. So make sure you record that for your benefit and the opponents. Um, three printouts of your army list. Um, that's just so you've got a copy, and if you happen to lose it, then you've got another copy ready for your opponent to, to check as well. Um, and an appropriate dice bag. So, you know, worst case, bring a beanie, preferably one that's been washed, um, or have an actual dice bag. Most most people, if, if everyone brings a dice bag, or at least half the people, then it should be enough to, to get around for each game. Um, and also the FAQ has recently been updated by Warlord. Um, probably put a, a link in the post for this um, to where to go to get that. They mm -hmm. put them in the community page. They don't put them on the main website. So you've actually got to go look for it. Um, the one, they're still at the old one sitting up on the homepage. That's now a couple of yeah. FAQs out of date. Unfortunately, uh, I don't think updating documents is high on their priority list. Um, so we'll, we will link that for people so they can actually make sure they download the current version. Let's talk about timings. Uh, Lee said it earlier. We're going to say, I'm going to say it again because this is kind of important for everyone. We understand the morning of events. Believe us, we get it. Things happen. Lee and I have been playing in events for years. Uh, but try to be on time. Uh, we do, I think, an important part of the community is socializing with, you know, your, your fellow players. Um, we ask that you check in at 10 a.m. That is different from registering, which is when you pay. Um, that, of course, is November 4th or before that. We do ask that you are there when the store opens at 10 a.m. Uh, yes, we know House of War sometimes five minutes after that. That's fine. We'll be there. The tournament will have been all the terrain, all the gear. Um, everything will have been set up the night before. Uh, so you just need to show up at 10 a.m. on the 12th and on the 13th. Um, and our goal is to have the game start at 10.30 sharp. So we have a little bit of leeway there. Uh, there's some great cafes down the street, and there's a McDonald's if you're looking for a quick bite and a coffee if you get there a little bit early. Uh, but we will ask that you try and be there by around 10 a.m. You can have a little gas bag with your friends, catch up with the people you haven't seen since the last event, um, pull your army out of the case maybe before the game actually starts. Um, just so that you're ready to rock and roll. And then, as we say, games will start at 10.30 sharp. Uh, we will do a quick introduction, and I will be explaining one of the Operation Bear uh, custom missions for this year. We will be starting with one of those, so you definitely want to be there on time so you can hear the quick brief synopsis before we hand it off to you and kick you guys loose to have fun on the tables. Uh, Lee, anything else? No, I think that's it. We'll just be running a pretty tight ship on the timing as well. So mm -hmm. we will give time warnings uh, throughout, um, but there's an hour left in the round and then half hour. And then you'll certainly see Brad or myself hovering around your table and we'll check in as well as to what turn you're up to and stuff like that. So if you can like to call get your game lurking. started. Lurking. I just lurking. I hover, I like lurk. levitate around the tables. Uh, so, you know, we want it, and part of that is, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of other people there as well. You know, if majority of players have finished their game and, and it's two people sitting there juking it out, they're still in turn four. Well, we're going to wrap you up because we want to get everybody else moving along for the day. Exactly. Um, we are only there for a certain amount of time. So I've had a couple of people say, if we miss the November cutoff, will there be a penalty? 
No, there won't be. We we understand that sometimes life gets in the way and you're not able to attend an event like this. And then that thing in your life changes and all of a sudden you are. I know I've definitely been in that circumstance, unfortunately, more often the other way around. Um, please let us know if two days before all of a sudden you can come. Uh, that would be great. We'd love to have you. Um, we can take your money and your list then and get you signed up and so that you're ready to rock and roll. Um, we have once in a while had someone show up on the day and say, hey, can I play? Really, look, if 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 it's a circumstance like that, I'm sure we can try and work something out. But please let us know in advance. It makes our lives way easier as a planner um, if we know what player numbers are in advance. Keeping in mind, we are charging $30 for this, but we are hoping that you go home with way more in prizes than what you paid. And in order for something like that to happen, to have the right number of missions printed, to have the, not, the right number of result sheets, to have everything set up in advance, to have the right number of tables, we really need to know who's coming. So please let us know um, prior to November 4th. And of course, if it's after that, that's fine. Just let us know. If you let us know prior to November 4th that you cannot make it and you have registered, we will absolutely give you a refund. That is no problem. Um, as we get closer to the event, once it's the week of the event, unfortunately, we are not able to do a refund anymore um, only because that money will have been spent um, because there are a lot of expenses for this event, um, the trophies, uh, the prizes, and everything else. And we need to be, we have commitments to House of War and to, um, some of the other things that are behind the scenes that we need to know. If it's close to the fourth, though, again, please ask. If we can, we will absolutely refund you until the last possible second. But there gets to be a point where we can't. Um, Lee, have I said that all right? Yep. We are sponsored. We are an official Warlord Games event, which means we will have Warlord trophies. In fact, I literally just got them in the mail. They're right there. Uh, we will be giving out silver uh, Warlord order dice as part of some of the prizes for this event. Um, there are all sorts of cool Warlord-specific tournaments goodies um, that we will have that we'll be handing out on the day. Now, you'll also notice that War and Peace is there. Of course, um, that Warlord sponsor sponsorship is done through the Australian distributors of Warlord. Uh, that is, of course, War and Peace Games. They have also going to be adding prizes to that um, in addition to what Warlord has promised because they are a huge supporter of the local scene and they have proudly supported every one of Melbourne's events over the years. And this being no exception, they have always supported Operation Bear in the past, and um, we are really happy to have them on board. Now, the other two logos on here um, are ones that you might recognize from, oh, I don't know, the corner of this particular slide. Look, Cast Ice. Um, the Cast Ice Podcast Network, and more specifically, the Warlord Games Podcast, are also proudly sponsoring Operation Bear. Now, you might say, isn't that a little weird, Brad? Because you are cast dice and you are the uh, host for the official warlord games podcast yes uh, a good chunk of the prizes i believe half of the prize pool will be coming directly from the warlord games podcast 
that is different from Warlord Games itself. As part of my agreement with Warlord to do to do their podcast, I uh, I do have uh, a certain number of things that come back to me, and I am donating all of those for this year, uh, exception of one. Uh, so everything that I've gotten from Warlord in 2022, just about, will be going to Operation Bear as a prize. So everyone will be going home with significantly more than they arrived with. Um, it Look, it's probably going to be a prize, but it should be a significant prize. Um, and we are hoping, you know, we don't want to drown people in prizes. But when Lee and I spoke after Operation, sorry, uh, Easter Front, I really went out of my way to try and make sure that we had enough for everyone. Now, Albert um, generously donated, um, Albert from the local Melbourne scene, a bunch of prizes for Jump to Action. Um, we are going to mix up some of the things that he has donated because a couple of those things are duplicates with things that I got from Warlord. So there might be occasional other things in here. Um, however, we are basically combining the prize pool with Jump to Action and with Operation Bear, both of which more than cover all the players from both events as we've planned them right now. So 50 players, 20 for Jump to Action, 30 for Operation Bear. Um, if we have additional players, we will get additional prizes. Um, but at the moment, these are our sponsors. Uh, of course, if you need anything in Australia, we highly recommend you go to War and Peace Games. Um, the guys will help you out. Ian and Sean are awesome. I talk to them all the time, and that's where I get all of my stuff for this event. You would have seen me, if you are on the Cast Ice Facebook page, assembling terrain like a demon in the last couple of weeks. A good chunk of that has come through War and Peace Games. Um, they're super helpful, and they're able to help you in any way that they can. Give them a call. Um, and listen to Cast Ice and the official Warlord Games podcast. It's, that's my little plug. Finally, a couple of frequently asked questions. Now you might say, how can there frequently be asked questions if the player pack for this event just landed? Well, we've run Operation Bear before and we've run Easter Front a number of times as well. I see that this is a two-day event. Is it possible to play one day? Yes, as we said earlier, it is. It will cost you $20 to play one day. And that's $20 for the Saturday or $20 for the Sunday. You might say, but the whole event is $30. Why is it $5 more? Again, it has to do with our agreement with House of War um, and how we are handling prizes for this event. But if you pay that $20, we will endeavor to get you something nice as a prize, um, depending on which day you are playing. Again, we will work with you. We want you to have something cool. Do I need to have a fully painted army for this event? The short answer is yes. We expect there to be um, hobby effort put into what you bring on the day. However, this is a beginner-friendly event. If you're new to Bolt Action and you would like to play and you don't have a painted army, contact us. Let's have a chat. Um, we can work something out where you can use your unpainted or partially painted army, or we can arrange a loner army for you to use on the day. Again, we would prefer to see painted armies on the tabletop, uh, and we that's why we have an award for best theme and for best painted. However... We do want you to come experience the wonderful community that exists in Melbourne for bolt action. And if you're new and you may not have time to put everything together, um, we can help you. So again, contact us and we can work that out. 
Uh, Lee, have I done an all right job of explaining that? Or are there any other issues that you think we should discuss um, that players may wonder about um, having heard this player pack today? No, I think we've covered everything off. Certainly um, some of the queries we've already had come through on the uh, Facebook groups and stuff have been covered. If anyone and comes up with anything else. If, if you have a wondering, uh, please do contact the Cast Dice Facebook page or email Lee. His email address is all over this player pack. If you're wondering, where do I find this player pack? It is on Facebook. If you go to Facebook and type in Operation Bear uh, 2022 or go to the Cast Dice Facebook page, it's posted there. It's in the Australian New Zealand page as well. It is an event that's set up and the player pack is in there. Lee's email address is part of that. Um, it is in the slides if you scroll back through as well. Uh, now, if you have any questions, please ask. Uh, we want you to have all your questions answered, and we want you to be happy, and we want you to come play at the event. Lee, any final words, or should we wrap it up? I think we're all done. Brilliant. Well, ladies and gentlemen, when you are playing the games that we know and love, we hope that your dice roll hot. We hope that your beverages are cold. But more than that, we at Cast Dice hope that you are having fun. Stay safe out there, guys. Good night.